Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. Our friend Ellie Holcomb is back. Y'all know and adore Ellie, as do I. Her new album, Canyon. This is her third full-length solo album, but it's the first one with a major label, and it's just incredible. Y'all know, y'all have already been shouting it from the rooftops, how unbelievable Canyon is. And I just adore it. I love the album. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all, you have to stick around to the end because in a way that I cannot believe, Psalm 23 comes up again. Y'all aren't even ready. Here is my conversation with our sweet friend, Ellie Holcomb. You're about to play the Ryman as a headliner for the first time. What does it feel like? Burst into tears yeah. of joy. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, it's a dream. I I was never brave enough to dream. Honestly, I wow, literally, Ellie. and I don't think I would have been brave enough to hit to say we're doing this. I was no part of deciding that we were going to do that. show. They were just like your manager was like, we're playing the Ryman. Paul and you're Steele, like, my manager what? was like, and he didn't even talk with Sam. His it's a married couple team that yeah. manages us. He just was like, hey, booked it. We're doing it. And because I think I would have been too scared, but I am so excited. I've never been more excited, probably, or more nervous. It's both, it's that both like, I don't know, you just did a tour. You know how it goes. You're like, this is my dream. I cannot wait. Please don't make me do this. Right. And then you're like, (laughs) and I'll be right back because I'm going to go throw up. I'm going to go throw up. (laughs) I will only walk on stage because my legs are stronger than my brain. That's the only reason I will walk on stage. (laughs) And then I will be so happy to be there. You've played it before with other people. Yes. But it's different when it's your name. It is different when it's your name. And we we talked about that when you did the whole That Sounds Fun book tour. It just is like, oh, this is so, it's so vulnerable to like show up and be like, like, okay, yeah. y'all are coming to just hear me. What? Yes. So yes. I just, we have so much, my husband Drew and I, we have so much history in that room. I, right. It was our first date was at the Ryman Auditorium. Oh my gosh, that's right. We saw a Patty Griffin concert. When we were walking into the concert, I was like, oh no, he was like my best guy friend, I swear, never yeah. date. So first date, walking into that show and I'm like, he holds my hand, he has his hand on the small of my back. I'm like, this is not, this is... No, this is like my guy friend. This <laughs> is too work. weird. This yeah. is too weird. And by the end of the Patty Griffin show at the Ryman Auditorium, I was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this man. How crazy is that? God, that's crazy. I always tell people, like, maybe the Ryman go on can a, do that too. Yeah, <laughs> maybe go on a date to the Ryman, or maybe don't totally discount the person you think will yeah. not work because it it was a wild experience for me. So then, fast forward, we never dreamed at that moment. You know, oh. when we first got married. Because you were teaching school, right? I was, you were, I was a teacher, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, we, no, no, we'll never play there. So I played my first time to play with was with uh, Andrew Peterson, Behold the Loom of God. Yes, I was the special I guest. I was there. And I said, hi to my mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so excited. And then when Drew and I headlined there, we actually recorded it. We turned it into a record. Yeah. And I will, so all our kids have fallen asleep and pack and plays in the showers backstage. Yeah. Rivers, our third, took his first steps backstage right before. It just is like, it has a lot of, I cannot believe it has family history for us. Like, what am I saying? How yeah. How is the mother church a place where we've had so many family memories and then still never dreamed that I would headline. So yeah. I just cannot. And we're going to have special guests. Yeah. We have an incredible band. The New Respects are opening. Oh, I love the New Respects. I know. Oh my gosh. I love that they're So will you do a tour at some point? Is that part I of the plan? I will be on tour. So I basically, you know, we're in that weird year post-COVID where right. I'm like fulfilling commitments from last year. Yeah. yeah, that that got pushed to this year. And so it's I'm not doing like a traditional tour. I am going to go out with Lauren Daigle. I'm going <gasps> to be three dates on tour. Oh my her. gosh. Her <laughs> arena <laughs> shows? Yes. Ellie. I know. What can cities? You can you tell it? us yet or no? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell. Okay, well, we haven't announced it yet. Holy cow. I can't but it's wait. The first, I'll say this. It's the first three dates of her tour. Okay. I'm on. And then the war and treaties opening most of that, but they couldn't do the first three dates. You're and like, she, available. I was like, hey, like hey, can you Lord, do Lord. this? And I was like, let me check. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let me check. Canceling everything. I will be there. Oh, my gosh. So I don't fun. care where they are. I'm flying to one of them. That is unbelievable. Isn't it so fun? I oh cannot wait. Gosh. She's so dear. I mean, uh, you yes, know, y'all know each her. other. Yes. And uh, we've become really great friends this past year. We've been writing and 
I don't know. We, I'm just, I'm so grateful for her friendship. We are all kind of cut from the same that, cloth. Listen, we are all <laughs> sevens. Out. Yes, but y'all two are the same kind of seven. Y'all yeah. are very similar, I think. I it think is. I say that to people a lot. I'm like, Ellie and Lauren are my two seven friends that are the most alike to it each other. It is wild. Yeah. Like it's, and so it's been so sweet because we've met each other before, but yeah. getting to know each other this past year has been one of the gifts of, of 2020 wow. was there was just a little more time to to hang out. We did a, a writing retreat. We went out to California and wrote, and I just, I am so, we wrote a song with Natalie Hemby, who's yeah. another. Oh my gosh, she's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Called Old Friends, because it just is like, I feel like I have known you. Wow. How have we not known each other well this whole time? <laughs> so it's been so, I'm so excited. So it just, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's not a traditional tour. Uh, like a headlining tour, but yeah. it is. There's a lot of dates on the books. We're doing Moon River Music Festival yes. in Chattanooga. Yes, I still am holding everything with open hands. I'm like, totally. I'm, you know, it's happening. Isn't that a different way that that we are getting quote to live this year? Is go yes. like, yeah. I mean, I here's we're gonna put all the plans out. Yeah, and we seem to be getting to do most of them. But I'm also seeing things get canceled. Yeah. We're just, so, we're just oh. still open-handed, you know, and knowing what matters. And it's I think what's beautiful about last year, and I think we talked about this the last time we got together mm -hmm. on via Zoom. It's right. so fun to be in the same room. Right. No kidding. Um, but I think there is this clarity of what you love. You know, yeah. you're just like going, okay, I can let go of that. I can let go of that. And I... I love playing music yeah. in a room with people there. I love the way it connects our stories. I loved being in the room at the That Sounds Fun tour so and seeing conversation. I just, it is, there is something so beautiful of being in a room together and being a part of a conversation or a show where you just are reminded that we're not alone. Yeah. Jeff Tweedy says it. He's in Wilco. Yeah. Jeff Tweedy says we go to concerts to suffer together. Oh, yeah. And I feel That's like beautiful. it's so true. Yeah. It just is like there's a sense of of connection. Yeah. Shane Bernard was on, Shane and Shane were on, and he said when everyone in the room sings the same thing, it changes everybody. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly right. Right. So he was like, it doesn't have to be worship, but it is. Obviously, it happens with worship, but... When we're at your shows or Mumford & Sons or Dave Barnes or Drew at the Ryman, I mean, Drew at the Ryman, I mean, I wrote about him and that sounds fun. It, it, he saved the Ryman for me after I had a really sad experience there, right? Like, Drew's the one who resurrected it for me. And there's just something about when we all sing the same thing. I, we're wired for it. Yeah. We really are. I mean, I and I kind of write about this in the kids' book that I wrote, Who Sang the First Song. Yeah. But that whole book was born from this question from Emmy Lou. Yeah. Who sang the first song I asked her and she goes, mm, Dolly Parton. And I'm like, you're Tennessee. I love you. I love you so much. That's a great guest. Mommy's gonna go do some research and I'll That's be right, right. back That's and write right. you a book. But that whole Tim Keller sermon talks about talks about in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 how people often say they contradict each other because mm. they're like both sort of telling the creation right, story, right. but they tell it in different ways. And right. so he says so many people when they talk about the creation story, they talk about um, what, the what of the creation story. Yeah. And he's like, I want to know why. And so mm. when you look at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, Genesis 1 is actually that it's written in the form of an archaic Hebrew poem. Yeah. And so it's literally as if when God was creating the earth, the first thing we see in Scripture is has that cadence and the rhythm yeah. of, and there was morning and there was evening, and it was good, and it was good. And so why would God sing like basically introduce the creation story to us in in the form of a poem. Well, it's literally as if he's saying the earth into being. And why would he do that? Because he made the whole earth and every single one of us mm -hmm. to sing, yes. to sing of his goodness, to sing of what's true and good and lovely right. and fun. And so it is. it makes total sense to me that when we sing together, something shifts. Yeah. And in all of us. Yeah. I love it so it's much. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, one of the things we get to do is we tell people before, we tell people in our AFD Week in Review email who I'm talking to the next week so they can ask questions to you. I think we've done this before. Yes. But you're leading me to one of the questions that one of our friends asked. With Ellie starting her career not in music and mm -hmm. then in music with Drew and then not regularly doing music, but now with the new album, Canyon. And I mean, because you kind of have woven music and writing books. And what do you love about Drew that you wouldn't know if y'all didn't create music together? 
Oh, what a great question. <laughs> I know. I loved it too. Oh, my goodness. What would I not know if we didn't create yeah. music together? Yeah. Oh, man. I think there is a beautiful thing that happens. There's a beautiful, I think there's a grief that I wouldn't know wow. in him that has been, that has come. That you see when y'all write? That I see when we write sometimes. Wow. Um, and that's it for all of us, right? Sometimes songs are able to name things that we couldn't name yes. ourselves. Yes. You're like, oh, you said it. And so in the, and obviously I've seen him, I've seen him grieve in our marriage. Like well, we're sure. not, it, that's not like You're never like the first present. time I saw him sad was, right. no, no, no. <laughs> no, but I, but, but there's been a connection in music and the way that he's written about some of the grief in his own life and music that is different mm. than what I've seen just in, without the music there. And yeah. so that has been really, really beautiful. And then I think too, it's been a really beautiful thing. And he, we laugh about this because we, we actually have like a, I don't know, a dumb song that we wrote called We Always Fight When We Write Love Songs <laughs> 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 together uh, because we write and create so differently. Yeah, He is very much more of like an incubator. Like he's sort of creates something on his own and then knows exactly what he's going to say. I'm more of, I love collaboration uh -huh, and, I can, uh -huh. and I'm nothing's really precious to me. Like I am not super attached to anything. I can let things go or yeah. I'm a pitcher of a lot of different ideas. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You can take them or, or not. And he's honestly more on the catcher side. That's like sort wow. of a very, it's really beautiful. So he's like, uh, no, that, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, wow. So we're actually a good combination, but it's been so beautiful um, to learn how to create together. And yeah. we have like hit heads in right. it. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. But it has been, it has been a really, really beautiful thing to um, appreciate sort of the differences. And then for me, and he would say this, he does not like singing harmony. Really? Doesn't. Oh my gosh, he always sings the melody. He almost always sings the melody. And so recently, and I have pushed him because I love harmony. Yeah. And I'm like, and he actually has really good instincts. He doesn't think that he does, but he does. Yeah. And so, so I think for me, he is so good at almost everything that he does. It, it is, I cannot compare myself to him. Like mm. I get into trouble. Wow. I, I mean, I've talked in like counseling about this because yeah. I can get into a dark place because wow, he yeah. is so um, productive. Yeah. He can accomplish fun. He is the, one of the most intentional people on the yes. face of the earth. He's intentional in marriage. Love with him. our kids, yes. with work, with friends, with yes. his family. I mean, it just with his work. It is uh, with his work. I say work twice because he does music, and then he's sort of an entrepreneur too. Yeah. So, like he starts a new business about every <laughs> year. <laughs> like, what are we doing this year, babe? Um, right now, he's learning how to be a pilot. He's learning to fly again. Um, <gasps> so is uh, Abner. That's not an accident, is it? Oh, no, no, no. Right. No. Yes. Yeah. With okay. dear, dear friends. Yes. And, and Amanda and I are like, oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Yes. What are we up What's to What's the future? Next? What's yeah. going to happen next year? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so fun. So he, that was spawned by a conversation that yes. Drew's like, oh, I'm flying, man. You got it. Yeah. Anyway, it just, everything went from there. But it's been so beautiful to see him, like, do something vulnerable. Yeah. And so... That's not exactly the same thing as grief, but to see him try and grow and do something that he's not, he doesn't feel naturally strong at. Yeah. And to see wow. him take risks. And yeah. I think that's a lot of creativity is taking risks, yes. taking chances. And so it's been so, that has been one of my favorite things of creating music together is to A, learn how to speak life and encourage him. I'm like, it's mm. easy. Cause he's, I'm like, babe, just do this harmony. It's easy. And he's like, it is not. Wow. Me. And when you say that, that makes me feel small. So those kind of conversations and seeing him really become a great harmony singer yeah. like, and start to trust his gut a bit, yeah. that has been one of my favorite things is to yeah. see him be brave in something that, you know, is not his comfort zone. Right. Because I feel like he's mainly comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> And very good. He's mainly comfortable and very good. And I don't love seeing him struggle. I just love seeing him, like, do something that he doesn't feel yes. good at and and crush it. Of course. Like, I'm yeah. just like, I'm such a fan of him. Yeah. So that's been fun as we've learned to sing together on our, we do this You and Me tour where we 
what we sing the whole time. And it's just the two of us yeah. on this tour. And so to see him kind of push himself and start to sing harmony, he sings harmony on one of the songs yeah. on my new record yeah, Canyon, that we wrote yeah. called Mine. And I am just like, babes, <laughs> you are crushing this. And you love your voice. So it's just been, it's been a really beautiful thing and a huge turning point in our life together and in me even having a career was I was actually on bed rest with Emmylou. He was opening yeah. for Need to Breathe for the first time, first yep. of three. And I was supposed to be on the tour, on the tour, like singing with them. And I couldn't be because I had to be on bed rest. So yeah. I, once I got released from bread, bread rest, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I, I was doing. I was yeah. eating bread <laughs> on that couch. I was eating bread in the bed. Yeah. Uh, but I was released from it and I got to go to a show in Asheville, North Carolina at the Orange Peel, uh -huh. and I remember standing side stage, and he was going to bring me up for a couple songs, but I was watching him hold an entire crowd, standing room yeah. crowd. He's playing solo acoustic, and he was holding them in the palm of his hand, and it was the first time since we had been married, Annie, when I wasn't on stage with him. Oh, wow. Whenever I was at a show, because if I was yeah. ever at the show, they're you like, come on, yeah. like, come sing. And I was watching him perform and hold this crowd in the palm of his hand. And I, it was the first time I thought, there is something different that happens when I'm not out there with you. Mm. You are so good at this. And I didn't want him to invite me up. I just wanted to watch him use this gift that God's given him. I just wanted to admi be an admirer. Yeah. And so we ended up having a conversation about six months after that. I was bold enough to ask him the question, we were at the we were at our friend's house in the Hamptons, yeah. and they, we were waiting for them to get there. We had lobster rolls and a bottle yeah. of champagne, and I was just like, "I'm going to ask you a really vulnerable question." But when I I'd started writing songs, writing scripture into songs, like I he had kind of released me to do that. Uh, not that he needed to, but he was just yeah, like, I kept accidentally writing songs about Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's not what my band does, but you need to let what's in you out. Yeah. So don't feel like you need to write anything for me. Right. That was a huge deal for me. I, I, I like, it was like a fire hydrant. I could not I stop yeah. writing songs. Yeah. Well, I asked him, do you ever feel, I never have to consider your role in my songs. Mm. Do you ever feel like, you know, do you ever feel like, I don't know, like hemmed in because you, because I'm up there on stage with you. You want to tell maybe another girl's story, but people assume that it's mine. I don't yeah. know. Do you ever, does that ever feel limiting to you? And he's like, I've never actually thought about that before, but I guess maybe sometimes it does. I, but that's never felt like painful or yeah. I don't know, like a huge struggle for me. And I just thought, so we started asking, I said, what if I wasn't up there? What would happen? How would you write? And it was a huge risk to, to take. Yes. What if I stayed home? Emmy Lou's walking. I got to get her home. So it just has been, it's, I feel like it's been a really beautiful thing for us to not make music together for five years and be each of us. I mean, uh, they call it at Porter's Call at our counseling, yeah. like individuation. Like when we were talking yeah. about, about, uh, I don't know, like this idea of us me leaving this thing that we've been building together for so long, it felt, I don't know, scary, dumb. And and our Al Andrews, who's mm -hmm. so amazing, oh cancels so many yeah. people here in Nashville, musicians here in Nashville. He said, oh, my gosh, you guys are doing something that is so important, and it's just you're individuating. You're both being exactly who God made you to be and not being bitter at mm. the other one, for, but just leaning into what he's called you to. And that's okay if that's not together all the yeah, time. And yeah. I mean, it has been so beautiful to to cheer each other oh my gosh. on yes. separately and then to get to come back and do it all. It just feels yeah. like all the things. And I loved him being on Canyon. I mean, on the album. <laughs> I mean, it was so like, sweet. it's so great. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Ellie really quickly to share about another one of our incredible partners, stamps.com. For a lot of us, this summer has shown some welcome signs of a more normal life ahead. And finally, you can enjoy some of life's little pleasures like smiling at your neighbor or seeing a movie and going to the post office. Okay, listen, that's not the best part. But with stamps.com, you can skip the trips to the post office and save on postage. You can mail and ship things anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less. 
with discounted rates from USPS and UPS. Stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every year. I love saving time and money. And so saving it with stamps.com makes me real happy. We definitely put all those savings to good use here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network. Stamps.com brings the same U.S. Postal and UPS shipping services right to your computer. They make it easy for small businesses to mail and ship without needing to take a trip to the post office. You can print official U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy equipment. And all you need is your computer and a standard printer. And once your mail is ready, you schedule a pickup or you can drop it off. It is literally that easy. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It's saving nearly a million small business owners like me and you time and money. They offer deals you can't get anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. And with their switch and save feature, you can quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every time. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's literally no risk. And with my promo code, that sounds fun. You get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in that sounds fun. That's stamps.com and the promo code is that sounds fun. Never go to the post office again, y'all. And now back to my conversation with Ellie. What's the vulnerability level you feel about Canyon? Oh, just the whole thing? Yeah, the whole record. Does it feel more vulnerable? Because it, yeah. hundred. I mean, it is connecting people. I mean, you should see half the questions on here are people going, will you get her to talk about this song because it's changing my life? Will you get her to talk about this song because it's changing my life? Uh, People want to talk about Canyon. They want to talk about Constellations. They want to talk about um, Sweet Ever After. I mean, it it just keeps, mine, it just keeps going. This album must have cost you emotionally for how much it's connecting with us emotionally. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that, Annie, because I actually wrote a whole other record before this. I mean, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I shoved a pile of 35 songs off of my desk after I went to the Grand Canyon and started over basically. Oh, there's a couple of songs that made it from that original group, but I was getting ready to write. So I had been, and you know, this as a seven, we don't like pain. Right. Like, so, and, and I feel like, you know, we've grown We're as we've gotten older, we're healthy sevens. We can lean into that. I've acknowledged pain in my life. I've acknowledged, I've acknowledged things, wounds in my life via counseling, like done a lot of work, but went on in the past two years was sort of found myself on a journey of not just acknowledging the wounds, but actually allowing myself to grieve for Mm. the first time. Some of the wounds in my story. And um, I had grieved, I think Red Sea Road, that whole record felt like a, a process of grieving with my people. Mm, and yes. I had never let myself grieve my own wounds and my own story. And so as I did that, as I simply let myself kind of visit some of the places in my story, because I think some, maybe sometimes, at least for me, grief, if you don't grieve the wounds in your story, it ends up coming out sideways later. Uh, s- always. So <laughs> hashtag <laughs> always. Hashtag always. So that's what had started to happen right. with me. So I was writing a record about encountering, as I grieved, mm-hmm. encountering the tenderness and the nearness and the empathy of God, as I let myself weep, as I let myself just breathe in some of those wounded places, I was encountering the nearness of God. So I had started writing that record, and it was it was so powerful. So I don't know if I wrote that to just process the grief that I was doing in my own story, but fast forward to I'm getting ready to make this record. You know, we're in like pre-production, and then March third, twenty twenty hits, yeah. and the tornado, yeah. scariest night of my life, went right behind our house in East Nashville and I and then a week after that COVID we all neighborhood got destroyed destroyed yeah. it was like a scene a terrible scene from a movie yeah. and so fast forward to this year where I I think I maybe had to I don't know I I feel like I really learned to grieve in my own story and so then fast forward to the racial tension which so much of that of me leaning into that story, Annie, has to do with you. And I don't even know, I can't remember if I've told you this or not, yeah. but your your conversations that you were having in the wake of George Floyd, in the wake of Ahmaud Arbery, was it Kelsey? Uh, Mike Kelsey. Mike Kelsey. Yes. That podcast I listened to, and it just sent me 
on this journey of He's educating yeah. myself, of continuing to grieve. It was so, I'm so grateful. You were so brave and wow. just kind Thank of. You. Well, he was very generous with us. Leaned into that very moment because um, it it was, so, it, that felt like an invitation for me to kind of lean into that earlier. So there was so much that I was grieving on a global scale, on a yeah. national scale started Latasha Morrison. I, yeah. I remember you asking you, do you know about bridge builders? And you're like, well, you should probably just, I mean, why don't you just start a group? Just do a group. Just yeah. do a group. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> but I feel like a baby toddler child, you yeah. know, like yeah. in this journey. And I don't feel brave enough to start a group. And you're like, well, I mean, but if you're just gathering in your backyard, what's to lose? Like, yeah. and so you really encouraged me like to kind of lean into that. So it just, it has been, but the record, it's so interesting, Annie, because a record to me, it sounds more like me than I've ever like, wow. like made. I love all the other records I've made, but my dad and a, and a, he's a, the executive producer when dad and Case and Cooley and I were meeting in our production meeting, dad said, you've always been singer songwriter girl. Yeah. You've always if you can't play it on guitar, it, it's not really for you on yeah. the record. And he was like, but you love so much music. Yeah. Like you feel music. You dance to music. Anytime you hear music, like a little bit more pop sounding, yeah. you are moving. You yeah. are dancing. And he was like, what if you let go of the guitar sometimes? Oh, wow. I don't know. what. Like I think that might sound fun to you. And I was like, that would be because a lot of the songs that I loved that I was bringing into our pre-production meeting, what are you loving? What are you listening to? I was listening to Maggie Rogers. Oh, Taylor Maggie Swift Rogers. Swift record. Yeah. The High Women, Casey Musgrove. Yeah. They were just like you. Uh, there's this girl named Sigrid who is on, all over my Run, Ellie, Run. I have a uh, Yeah. I don't run often, but when I do, I listen to music. <laughs> you have a, and so you have a, I have a like, playlist. Playlist. Why yeah. couldn't we think of that word? That's yeah. the word. <laughs> uh, run, Ellie, Run playlist. And so a lot of that stuff sounded more pop. And uh -huh. he was like, what if you... What if you just explored that? And yeah. I, it was, that felt like the scariest invitation, yeah. you know, to to me. But man, I just I'm so grateful for that invitation. And I don't know. I just feel it was it was super vulnerable singing these. I accessed this other place in my voice I didn't know existed. So yeah. all of it, it feels like new, big. Yeah, uh, it's been so beautiful to be like I'll I don't know, in grieving personally and grieving globally and exploring some new places in my voice, I'm like, I feel like there's this beautiful thing. Authentic community is really important to me. And I feel like I'm just extending that in yeah. this record. <laughs> Have, has the, it's been out for about a month. Has the response been fun so far? Oh, it's been, I've never seen anything I mean, anything Constellations like it. has over, has almost 4 million streams. Do you know That's that? That's crazy. 4 million <laughs> streams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is insane. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. That one, Constellations is so sweet because it was one of those songs I wrote with John Guerra, who I love, mm -hmm. David Leonard, who I love, artists in their own right. And we wrote that. That's one of the only ones that made it from the batch of songs before. Wow. We had released that before a really... I, I wasn't even sure exactly if I was going to make another right. record, but it felt we had written that in November. Oh, wow. So pre-2020, yeah. looking back on Dark Nights of the Soul. Yeah. And um, it it just was one of those songs that you wrote looking back, not realizing how much you were going to need it in the season ahead. Yes, As yes. almost an Ebenezer. Yeah. Of being like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I remember um, talking to David Leonard because the, the vocal on that song, Annie, is the first time I'd ever sung it. No. We, yeah, so we wrote the song. That is your song. first take? That's the first take. Like Ellie the first Holcomb. time ever singing the song. We just ended up keeping it because it captured such a moment. We mm -hmm. have been in this like kind of crazy, I don't know, sometimes you feel like you catch a song and we were just in the studio. So David Leonard actually produced that song because he was just had set up that track. I yeah. sang it. I'm just literally standing in the studio, like kind of sitting on the couch and standing up singing that, for singing it down for the first time. Like, let's see if this works. Yeah, let's try the whole song. And that's yeah. what it is. Oh, my god! Isn't that insane? Yes. So I remember walking around my neighborhood in Nashville that got hit so bad by the tornado. And there was all of this rebuilding. Like, you could hear hammers on the roofs until 10, 11 p.m. I bet. And there was such For beauty. Months. For months. And months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still happening. It's yeah. still, people oh are still gosh. rebuilding. And I just thought, man— 
I want to make a record, and I want to go ahead and release this song because to me, I, I want to make a record that sounds like rebuilding in the wake of a storm. Yeah. Having no idea. This was like after the tornado, COVID had not even happened. Yes. Having no idea how much all of us were going to lose in yes. the wake of the storm of COVID. Right. But I was just like, I want it to sound like community coming together and rebuilding. Because yeah. you could yeah. eat like a king or queen in our neighborhood after right. the tornado. Everybody, there was so much beauty that happened in the wake of that storm. So many people, strangers loving strangers, neighbors loving neighbors. And I was like, this song reminds me of that hope. And there were trees that had been knocked down by the storm and it was springtime, you know, it's March. And so the trees literally were, they were going to die, but there was still life. Like there were blooms coming yeah. off of these trees that had been knocked down still. And I'm like, that's the gospel mm. out of the stump of Jesse like this. Yeah. Like it is just, this is what God does. He meets us in the most devastated places. And I mean, I'll never forget being in a co-write. That's what started the whole thing. I was at the Worship Together conference. Yeah. Not conference, Women Who Worship. I was just at the Worship Together conference. It was amazing. But the Women Who Worship, they got all these women together. Uh -huh. And they, we were writing. And I was with Mia Fields. Yeah. You know Mia? Oh, my gosh. Have I you ever her. had her on here? Have we had her on? I don't know. I don't think I'm like, so. I, don't I need to recall. She'd yeah. be amazing. We've talked about Australian it. Australian accent. Like that's Prophetic. not going to hurt anybody. She doesn't matter. Oh man. So Annie, she here's what happened. I was in a co-write with her. I was actually, I was, this was part of why I grieved personally, right. but, um, I was in a co-write with her and uh, Alex Seeley had yeah. been speaking and she was talking about how in that room, there were all these women writing in that room the mother heart of God was represented. Mm. And so they were talking in the, our breakout sessions. We would have this time together of prayer and someone would speak. And then we would break off into these like co-writing sessions, mm. like writing camp. So much fun, by the mm -hmm. way. And I was nursing my rivers, my youngest at the time. So I like walk, show up late because I'd like with a breast pump and a guitar. Right, <laughs> and right. I'm like, hey, <laughs> great to be with you guys. And uh, sorry I'm late. And they are already deep in conversation. One of the other girls in the room was just like, oh, hey, this is my name. I'll, you know, keep her name. Yeah. Just because sure. so, it's her story. But we were actually just talking about how I have a hard time relating to the mother heart of God, like, because I have a really tough relationship with my mom. And so Mia, in the middle of this, was like, do you want healing from that right now? <laughs> and the girl sure. was like, okay. So I'm literally like, I'm like dropping the breast pump, dropping the guitar. I'm like yeah, getting on the yeah, floor. Yeah. And she's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're just going to hold your hands open like this. And, uh, and you're just going to ask God to give you a picture. Of of you do me a very of well. a wound of a wound that uh, that that is from your past and and uh, we can get the picture just tell us and so I'm like getting on the floor I'm like so here for this yeah I'm oh, like know, an undercover charismatic I just like yes. I was like oh yes yeah Jesus bear and me it's like you don't have to get on the floor and I was like well. <laughs> Okay. You're like too late. I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm here. All the I'm time. here. Yes. Yeah. I just. I'm a floor dweller. So I. So I'm we. A floor dweller. So you really she, are. I really am. You I, really I like. Are. I would be on the floor probably now, except for yeah. I wouldn't hit the mic. So. Yeah. I, but I. It was so powerful. God gives her this picture. She's like, "That's good," and she's just like, you know, this girl's just sobbing, and she's like, "Okay, now, now you're gonna ask God, where were you, in this moment? Where were you? And He's gonna give you another picture." picture. And, and uh, when you get that picture, just tell us. And so she gets this picture of God meeting her in this mm. place of where he was. And yeah. this is just like Jesus. I mean, and so she says, okay, now you're going to, now we're going to speak forgiveness over your mom and we're going to forgive that wound and we're going to acknowledge how Jesus was there. And, and sobbing. I okay. mean, she is sobbing. I'm sobbing. And so she's like, all right, moving on to your father. <laughs> I was literally like, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, she's still, but when she said that, I, I just was like, I am jumping on this train yeah. and I have an incredible relationship with my dad, but he missed a lot of my childhood. And that is part of what I was coming out sideways. I had acknowledged that we have healed. He is like, I mean, just come and been like, I have repented. He's like, I can offer you repentance. I have gotten this wrong. And Jesus, which yeah. what a, what an amazing oh gosh, what a gift gift. Yeah. Like, so there's been so much healing in all of that. And so I'm like going, I don't need to go grieve that. Like yeah. we are good. Yeah. Like, and he's given me such permission to get it wrong. 
right. as a human, right. as a mom, as an artist, like, because he is, mo- he and my mom are incredible. They have modeled out this just repentance to yeah. say, like, we have not done all of this right. And we're so sorry. Please forgive us. Here's how God's changing us. Here's how I'm making different choices because, yeah. you know, I mean, amazing. Yeah. But I had never grieved. I had never grieved. And so I literally jumped on the Jesus prayer yeah. healing train thing yeah. and ended up the next day in my office. I canceled this other co-write that I had, and I got on my face in my in our little office at our house, and I just had my hands open, and I said, I just said, Father. And Annie, I started sobbing. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't. And it, all I can say that it was like, it was like the ghost of Christmas past or something. It was just like, and I was at this picture of some things that I remembered, some things that I didn't. Yeah. Of places where I felt wounded in all of these lies that I had believed about who God was. Yeah. Because my dad had not been around when I was little. And we have been in this healing. So it has been this beautiful thing of seeing God show up. And wounds that I knew were there and wounds that I didn't know were there. And then in the wake of everything that we've been grieving, racial tension, political division, division even within the church. So much, yeah. I I think encountering God in that way, in that palpable way Mm -hmm. of seeing him hold me and saying, you are held Mm -hmm. even when you didn't think that you were held. Mm -hmm. I was there holding you. I think it gave me this boldness to um, learn to sing from the pit, to Mm. sing from the canyon, to sing from the valley. And as it turns out, when you encounter love in that deep place of ache or pain, and when you sing because of the joy of encountering that love in the pit, in the canyon, your voice echoes off of every single broken piece that caused that canyon. It echoes off of every single piece, and it's multiplied. Yeah. And that's what I feel like has happened with yeah. this this record. I'm like, I can sing in the valley, too. I can sing in the king, and, and we have good reason to sing because there's a river running yeah. through. I yeah. mean, just so grateful for that. And so I think there's this boldness. I think it is maybe Tozer or Chesterson. I can't remember who says it, but he says uh, men— who have suffered speak with an authority mm. of the presence of God that people who haven't suffered can speak of because you encounter him there right. in a way. And I was talking with a friend the other day at this worship together conference who had lost a child and he was like, it's so weird. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Mm-mm. It has been so hard. Hey friends, just taking one last break to tell you about today's sponsor that we're so happy to partner with Indeed. In small businesses, every hire counts, I know, because this podcast is basically a small business that's turned into a network of small businesses. And when talent is too important to leave to chance, you need help. I need help. We need Indeed. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. It's amazing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through that noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Plus, Indeed makes finding quality candidates even faster with 135 assessments to help make sure you find applicants with the right skills. We have found that so helpful when we've been hiring with Indeed. Best of all, you only pay for applicants who meet your must-have qualifications. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, y'all. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide, including That Sounds Fun Network, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through September 30th and terms and conditions apply. And now back to the show. I went to the Grand Canyon and I was down there. I mean, the cover is so perfect. Isn't it crazy? It's perfect. I'm like, 
go to Big Bend National Park. It's in the middle of nowhere in Texas. But that's the Rio Grande, the Rio Grande, that's a river. What's crazy is, Annie, we were there. We did that photo shoot. We all voted early, and we were there on Election Day. Oh, wow. Which was such an intense day. It just was, right. felt like a divided day, right. wherever you are on the spectrum. Right. Like, it felt like a a divided time in our nation, and yeah. obviously there was a lot of tense, you know, there was a lot of tension and, right. and ache and pain after in the wake of that, and so fear yeah. on both sides. Yeah. I just, I, it's like there was so much fear. And uh, and it was so sweet to be in that beautiful place, yeah. reminded of this imagery because because Drew and I, when the numbers were low, went to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Have you been? No, I want to see it <laughs> so bad. I've never seen it. You got to go. I know it, it is. So we we camped on the I Northern know. Rim, went down into the canyon, and um, and rafted the river. Spent the night on the riverbanks. Did you take the kids? No, no. This okay. was uh, we were supposed to be on a cruise where uh, we were performing with Christine Kane right. and Lisa Harper. That's right. And that obviously got canceled because right. of COVID. But we were we are taking my brother and sister on a trip. They have three kids. They hardly ever, you know, like yeah. go on trips with just them. And so they were going to come because we had an extra room on the cruise. Right. Well, they had already lined up childcare, asked off uh, of work, and so Drew was like. We're, we're doing going. this. Like, I'm going to book a trip. <laughs> the, the numbers were lower. It was almost a year ago. Yeah. Last year in August. Don't highly recommend going to the Grand Canyon in August. It's like 170 it's so degrees. hot, right? It's so yeah. Hot. But we, it was, but it was camping. So it just felt like a safer, I don't know, yeah. safer trip to take. Yeah, of course. Well, our guide starts telling us when we're in the, when the, in that pit of the canyon, the canyon walls tell a story. And it's just really a story of like disaster on disaster, landslide, mudslide, you know earthquake, drought. So you're literally, you can see the layers of like disaster. And I'm down there looking up at this and I'm like, this just looks, and then there's this huge divide. And I'm like, this just looks like a picture of all of our hearts. Like, especially after this last year, we all just think of how lonely so many of us were of how how many people lost so much jobs, people they love. Yeah. Uh, a sense of security, a sense of community. Yeah. I mean, I. it was so hard. So many of us, wherever we were in life, were experiencing loss on loss, trauma on trauma, the racial tension and division. I know my black and brown brothers and sisters, so much ache yeah. and pain. Yeah. Um, triggered last, this past year, re-triggered. And I just thought this is a picture of all of our hearts, especially after this last year, because to be human is to be broken. But had, but there in the middle, in the deepest part of the canyon, there's this river running through. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is, as it turns out, there's a current of God's love. There is a current mm. of living water that runs deeper than our deepest ache or sorrow, and that will carry us if we'll only let it. Yes to a place where we know that we're beloved, even in our most broken place, and we know that we belong to love and to each other. Like we're invited as the hope people, as the Jesus people, to join up as little molecules of water. That's what you're doing here every day, Annie. It's like we are are the hope people. Mm -hmm. We We are the hope people. Like that's what Jesus invites us into, to be streams, like streams in the desert. There are these like hidden reservoirs, underground reservoirs of peace and life and hope and joy that are accessible at any time if we'll kind of breathe and and just like lean into it and let him yeah. carry us. And so I just thought, man, I left that trip and I, I was just weeping down there. I mean, it was probably, it was awkward at times because I was like, this is so beautiful. Or I think our guide was like, wow, this is not typically the response that I get. Um, but the other thing that he told us, Annie, and I just think of how tense and heated and divided mm-hmm. our yeah. our world is right now, strangers hating strangers on Instagram, in the comments section, you're like, calm down. But how cold the water was. So when we went to bed, it was 50 degrees. When we went to bed that night, they were like, so here's what you're going to want to do. You're on a little cot. You have a sheet. But you don't really a need. A sheet, that's so, it? Yeah, it's just like a little, like a little, like, flat sheet, you know? Oh, my gosh. And so they provided, Arizona River Runners, they were so great. They provide the, whatever, equipment. Yeah. They're like, before you go to sleep tonight, you're going to want to go jump in the 50-degree river. Uh-uh. And you're like, no. But it's like 95 degrees in the dead of night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm so glad I didn't do it. I was like, that's crazy. Right. The water's freezing. I'm not right. going to do that right before I go to bed. Right. But they're like, no, it'll keep you cool. Well, I didn't do that. And I'm so glad because they told us, they were like, the other thing you're going to want to do is wake up in the middle of the night because there's this thing that happens called the rim effect. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's when the moon sets behind the canyon wall. Okay. Uh, I'd never heard of it before, but they were like, the moon's going to set behind the canyon wall and, and here's what's going to happen. You're actually going to be in the darkest place you've ever been before Oh, wow. because there's no ambient light and you're going to oh, be right. There's further, no moon or sun or no anything. moon or sun. Nothing. Oh, you're going to be further away from the stars than you've ever been before because you're over a mile into the surface of the earth. But because it is so dark, the stars will shine brighter than they've ever shone before, and they will appear to be closer than they've ever appeared to be before. And Annie, I woke up in the middle of the night because I was sweating my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was like the stars were like wow. right in front of me. And I just thought that is the gospel. Yeah. That is Jesus is the light of the world, and he is with us even in the darkest nights of our soul. Yes. And so to me, I hope that the record really feels like that. It yeah. feels like this good cause for hope, even yeah. in the deep places of pain. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that it kind of echoes from, you know, deep, deep valleys and pits and canyons to the top of the mountains to to kind of remind people, wherever you are on the journey, like you're beloved, you're held, yeah. you're not alone. And there's, there's you're suffering or suffering because of Jesus. And it, ne- it never is the last. It's never the end. Yeah. I just was reading Sandra uh, McCracken's new book. Yeah. I got an early copy of it. It is amazing. Oh, and good. she says, in the end... Everything will be all right. Mm. So if it's not all right, it's not the end. Corey Asbury sings, if the story isn't, the story isn't over if the story isn't good. Right? You know what we normally do um, when we finish is you tell me what sounds fun to you. But every now and again, I have another little thing in my heart. And I, would you just pray for us? I just feel like there are people who are listening that are, that don't understand the canyon they're in. So would you just pray for us to end today instead of, and we'll, We'll figure out what sounds fun to you another time. Okay. But that sounds good. Today, will you just pray for us? A hundred percent. Jesus, we love you. And I thank you that you, man, I thank you that you entered this broken, messed up world um, because you wanted us to know that your heart is to draw us near. When we are in the midst of the most broken things that we could imagine, when our, the dreams that we've had don't come true when the prayers that we prayed don't get answered in the way that we wanted them to. I thank you that you are still Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. You are still a man of sorrows who is well acquainted with grief. Mm -hmm. I thank you that you are the ultimate bridge builder who who builds a bridge across any great divide, who builds a bridge from, from hopelessness to hope, who builds a bridge from alone and lonely to belonging Mm -hmm. and beloved who builds a bridge from darkness to light, from death to life, Father. And I just, I ask that whoever's listening right now who feels like you maybe have forgotten about them, who feels like they are in such a deep pit that they may not ever come out, who feels confused and lost, um, I thank you for the way that I have seen you meet me in the low places. I think of Nightbird, who's that singer who is in the middle of a cancer journey. And she says, if you can't find God, look lower, look on the bathroom floor. And so, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would send your spirit to meet whoever's listening in the low places, that, that you would give them eyes to see you and ears to hear your voice say, I am here and I love you, and I am holding you, and I will never let you go. And I thank you that a canyon is the shape of an upside-down mountain, (laughs) and that maybe just in this backwards, upside-down nature of the kingdom of God that you use the places, if we'll just breathe, be brave enough to breathe in our most broken places, that we will encounter a sense of this fact that we're beloved even there, that we will encounter your spirit and your presence and your healing and your hope Mm -hmm. even there. Mm -hmm. I thank you that water always moves to the lowest place, and so do you. You do 
it over and over and over again, uh, you go low. And so I pray that you would meet us in our low places and that you would give us the courage and the bravery and the hope and good reason to sing even from the valley and that our songs and our voices as we sing together, something would be changed in us, Father, um, and that we would be that are, that are that from our pain that the power of the gospel to meet us even in our most painful places, that those stories would be multiplied, Jesus, and that there would be stories even from listeners here on That Sounds mm-hmm. Fun, uh, that that they would know that they are going to have a story to tell of who you are and how you brought healing to their most wounded place. So we thank you, healer. We thank you, reconciler. We thank you, Prince of Peace, for being a God who who is steady and sure and who we can always count on uh, to to meet us even in, in, the, in the valleys and in the canyons. We love you and we thank you for that hope that is grounded in an empty grave. Any pain that we've ever been through, you've already been there and you've moved through it. So, mm-hmm. so we ask that you would carry us through it, that we would rest in the current of your love and that it would carry us when it feels like we can't carry on any longer. We love you and we thank you for loving us perfectly in our deepest pain and and in our highest places of joy and rejoicing. You are with us through it all, good shepherd. And I pray that you would make us lie down by quiet waters and rest in green pastures, that you would help us relax at a table that you set for us, even in the presence of our enemies. That's an awkward scenario, God, but you set a banquet table for us there. And so I pray that we would come and feast on the goodness of your word, the goodness of your promises, the goodness of your presence, and that we would be quenched and satisfied and have stories of that upside down backwards peace that passes our understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23. (laughs) I love you, Ellie. Thanks for doing this. I love you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you guys, don't you love Ellie? And how about that Psalm 23? Listen, if you haven't spent any time in Psalm 23 this week, I think you should. I think we need to read it. Let's maybe memorize it. I'm kind of thinking through how we keep this train going. If Shane and Shane are talking about it on Monday, Louie's talking about it on Wednesday, and Ellie prays it for us on Friday, that's no joke, you guys. That is no joke. So make sure you grab a copy of her new album, Canyon. It is beautiful. Make sure you're following Ellie Teller. Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday with some of Ellie and Drew's best pals, Amanda and Abner, the duo better known as Johnny Swim. We'll see you guys on Monday. Shake, shake, shake.